I think first of all, we should say thank you very much, Rihanna, for her, for her fantastic performance. And I understand something very different from what normally happens in the Shaw Library. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> normally lots of sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> now, you studied here at LSE. Did you often find yourself in here, kind of working hard and opening your books? Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, this was actually, I do remember the, the quiet room, and um, at the time, I remember the brunch bowl was just a floor away. I, I don't think it's here anymore, but this used to be the place to come after lunch, to chill out before you hit the next lectures. That was my experience. <laughs> Rather than uh, this being a place of extreme hard work and focus and <laughs> concentration, too. all those other things. That too. There was a bit of everything at LSE. <laughs> now you studied econometrics while you were here. How was that experience for you and, and how much has this place changed since you last arrived? Um, lots and lots. I have not been back in years. The first time in many years was when I came back to meet with the fantastic team here at, at the events department, uh, Soraya showed us around and I was amazed because it's expanded quite a lot. Um, I think quite a few of the buildings, surrounding buildings have now become part of LSE um, and it's grown and downstairs there's this beautiful atrium with contemporary art and installations I'm like what? <laughs> didn't have any of that. It's looking really great. Now also I understand you're involved in Universities Week with uh, Brian Cox and Patrick Stewart and that's all about trying to let people know about the benefits of university and kind of what that can spread out to individuals but also to the wider community. Is that, would you say that was your experience of university? Was it a good thing for you? It was, it was an amazing thing. Um, I think, um, I, 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 can't, I can't think of any reason why anyone would look back and regret having had a university um, education. Um, and the aim of the project is just to, to make people aware, those who have been brought up in backgrounds maybe where there aren't many people who went to university and you know they don't really think they're missing out on much by not going. Um, it's just an awareness program and I think it's really great. Um, LSE was particularly special because um, not only was it the best of the subjects that I wanted to study, but it was in the middle of London um, and it, w it is and was then a very cosmopolitan school and um, it just really, it just had a buzz about it and it was a tremendous experience. So was there any overlap while you were here between your interest in maths that led you to study econometrics and your interest in music which has led you to where you are now? Um, not a very direct connection, <laughs> to say. So much a connection, but in terms of overlap, were you doing music while you were finding out about economic theory? Um, yeah, well, music, my love of music was always there. Um, I grew up in quite a musical family in Ghana. My, my mum and dad um, both, both had, had experiences in the music area and my granddad was a big band leader so music was always around and um, it was always a dream of mine to pursue it at some stage where, when, how, I had no idea at the time but um, I do remember one of the great things about being at LSE was, was having access to all these fantastic live music venues and um, I remember going to the jazz cafe and seeing bands of the brand new heavies at the time of my thing. I, my sister will tell you I was obsessed. Um, any excuse to, to see them live. Um, there was a lot of live music then. I think probably more so than now. Um, so I was spoiled for choice in that respect. 
You mentioned your mother and your father then, and your mother was a singer and your father was a guitarist. So I wanted to ask you about what areas of their musical world you've kind of absorbed into yours. But it just occurred to me that it would be really nice to find out about what are your kind of aural memories of growing up in Ghana in terms of the music that was around you or the sounds that, that you found yourself surrounded with as a child. Mm. Well, I think certainly like my granddad, he lived in, in Kumasi, which is the um, second biggest city in Ghana, uh, quite some way away from Accra, so we didn't see him as often as, as we would have liked. But whenever we did, it was great because we'd go and... The first thing you'd see in the living room was the piano up against the wall. We didn't have one at the time, so it was great to play with that. And he was a multi-instrumentalist, so he had lots of instruments. And um, I remember him giving me my first informal piano lesson as well, so those would be great memories. I also remember him and, and my uncle, uh, who was a high-life singer, performing um, regularly. And because, because music is so much of the everyday life in Ghana, there were just tons of occasions for that to happen. In fact, the Asante Hingi is the chief of the Ashanti tribe. Um, uh, Bradley used to call my uncle Yao to court to perform for him. He was one of his favorite musicians. So I remember seeing that and, and, and seeing that, you know, it was a very serious pursuit and it took commitment. Um, I could see I could see the dedication my grandfather put into his, his, his music. Um, he worked a nine-to-five job he had ten children to keep, um, but whenever he could, he would practice with his band. I was going to say, surely ten children requires more like a nine-to-nine -nine job <laughs> yeah. than a nine-to-five job. Seriously, yeah. So what does an Ashanti court performance look like? Well, you basically rock up and um, there's, um, there's normally a ceremony going on, so you, he would sort of be the hired band for it, but you know, lots of bright colours, a procession. Um, and you know a hierarchy and um, there's sort of constant beats going on in the background um, it, it, it just provides a rhythm that's very much to me one of the strongest memories I have of growing up in, in Ghana as well is that there was this rhythm to life and often it was literally music wherever you went you know the beats the sounds and rhythms of, of percussion I mean obviously when you grow up somewhere and, and you have a culture surrounding you that that enters your life and your consciousness and your music in a, a million different ways. But there, are there any specific ways in which you can feel that your music or your performance or your songwriting or the, the way you pull together, everything that makes you an artist is directly linked to your, kind of the time that you spent growing, growing up in Ghana and your Ghanaian family? Mm. Well, um, I think certainly um, my love of, of listening to my dad's records, he had a huge huge collection of, of vinyl it was back then and um, I used to pour through and listen to classical and listen to you know the great vocalists like Barbara Streisand and Aretha Franklin and you know the Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder and I was it was just a whole world for you to just get lost in literally and um, I kind of realised that maybe not everyone was rushing home to do their homework just to listen to records <laughs> um, but um, that was very much a part of the day that I looked forward to, was just sort of hearing songs and sort of singing along to them and harmonising and, um, and, and later on diddling around with chords on the piano myself and, and, and doing some sort of amateur writing. And I understand you saw Fela Kuti when you were a small child by some strange coincidence. <laughs> well, yeah. not really a coincidence, more of a school trip. Yeah. I, I wish I went on a school trip somewhere. <laughs> I know, uh, the coolest uh, PE teacher. And we went to uh, on a sports exchange program to a school in um, 
in Cotonou, and um, in the evening, I remember the teacher said, all right, you know, here's what we're doing. Uh, we weren't meant to be going anywhere, but he said, look, there's, there's a concert, I think we should all go, it will, you will thank me when you're older. So basically, he really wanted to go, but he had to work, and he realised exactly. the only way he could do it was like going to children. I see, I see. So, so tell us, what happened? What was it like? Oh, it was incredible. It was this open-air theatre, um, and it was actually quite intimate when I think back on it. Um, he, um, he was just, I actually didn't know who he was at the time, but I could not take my eyes off him the moment he stepped on stage. And he was just, he just had this, this animal charisma about him. He was just wild and free on stage. Um, his, his musicianship was second to none. The band was incredible. He had all his, his half-naked wife dancers around, which is also a source of a lot of amusement for us. Um, <laughs> and um, it was just, it was just fantastic. And I, you know, to me, to this day, it was, it's definitely one of the best live performances I've ever seen. And I, I just am sad that I never got to see him again. So you lived in Ghana until you were 11, is that right? Um, 16. 16. And so then you moved to where? And how did you find it after growing up in one place? Um, moved to, to boarding school in Bath. Did that A levels there for a couple of years. Um, it was that was a bit of a transition. Um, kind of being <laughs> on the a countryside. Bit. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest transition though was being under the care. Um, of, of other people when I'd always been with my family um, and I was kind of old enough to, I thought, look after myself. So I didn't need people telling me all the time to turn out the lights at night. But, um, but I think that it was, it was the first time that, you know, I had to, had to fend for myself, you know, day-to-day -day situations had come up. And it was a time when I was also having to make decisions about what sort of, what sort of subjects I would like to specialise in at university. So kind of moving on from kind of growing up time and how that was, let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Well, actually, let's fast forward quite a lot because I wanted to ask you about your new album and we only have a short amount of time tonight. So if any of you do...